It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Welcome to Carcon Carne. It would be wrong. It would be a civic irresponsibility to not mention the fact that the White Sox are playoff bound. First time in 12 years. Congratulations to the Chicago White Sox. Carcon Carne still in quarantine. I'm James Van Osdell, and the show is brought to us by C&H Financial Services. As business owners open back up and continue to stay open to serve their communities, they're faced with a lot of challenges as they're navigating through the New normal brought on by the coronavirus. CNH Financial Services is here to help. They offer a variety of products, ranging from traditional merchant accounts to a zero cost payment processing solution, which eliminates the expense associated with accepting Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express as a form of customer payment. CNH Financial Services ETAB solutions, easy to set up for your business for online ordering and curbside pickup. And they also offer cost effective commercial lending programs, which can help get your business the money it needs to make it through these unprecedented times to learn more contact c and h financial services at 855-600-2437 or go to chfs.us so my guest today maybe not a household name but he's got a story to tell and a musical background you're going to want to know about his name is greg mazel greg thank you for joining me you're on the east coast it's late on a school night to be it's doing this great for to you. Be here. thanks thanks for having me so a, a little background for people who are listening or watching. I remember as a kid, I don't want to date myself. I don't want to date you. But I remember as a kid going to see the Stranglers. I'm married, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> going to see the Stranglers. It was their Dreamtime tour. They played uh, the then Cabaret Metro, Metro in Chicago. Uh, a band called Vigil opened up this cool spellbinding goth pop band that was that had a sound that was right in between the 80s and 90s it was like right in the center of what came before and what was coming next really cool sounding band went out bought the record thought it was super cool played it for my friends i never really learned what happened to vigil and i started to go down the rabbit hole the other day i'm like oh i should really pull that album up again i want to hear the benefit of the doubt i want to hear whistling in the art and i realized it didn't exist online and then i got angry then i went to ebay and then i went on ebay and bought the vigil album on Chrysalis Records, which I originally bought in 1987. And I that hope led you didn't pay too much for that. I think it was $9.90. I'll tell you what, Greg Bazell, <laughs> it is a value at any price. <laughs> but it led me down the rabbit hole. I'm like, I want to talk to these guys. I want to find out. I want to find out what their deal is, why they don't exist on the why they ghosted us on the internet, and <laughs> what happened to the band. So you played bass guitar in this band vigil. I did. Again, this band probably not a household name in 2020. But I think that that makes this an interesting story. It's kind of like rediscovering this 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 cool band that might have been overlooked back in the day. So I guess to start, tell me who Vigil was. Tell me how the band started. Tell tell me the story of Vigil. So we were, we're all from Washington D.C. We were all born and raised here in Washington D.C. All four of us, uh, and then we all had our own little you know bands. This is you know we were in like high school. Right. And we were, some of us were in little blues bands and some of us were in rock and roll bands. And we all found each other at some point and just started to jam. Actually, just the three of us, just Andy and X Factor and I. So we didn't have a singer when we first started. We just wanted to create. I mean, it was really it was a creative time. I'm talking about 
very early, you know, late 70s, early 80s. And, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. was just a hotbed for, for music. Mostly a lot of punk rockers are from Washington, D.C., and they're, they're all friends of ours. So we're out, you know, watching a lot of bands. I'm, I'm very fortunate to have the world-famous 930 Club here in Washington, D.C., and, you know, they had like three bands for $3 nights on Thursday. And, and that's what we did. We went out and we saw and then we just started booking gigs with even without a singer. We just jam, just go play music because that's what we love to do. So, you know, we, hey, hey, what was your sound yeah. like then? Was it kind of post punky? Like, where were you at sonically back then? Yeah, I think, you know, post punk is probably a fairly good um, description of it. We were we were trying to do something different. We didn't want to be certainly didn't want to be Bauhaus, even though we ended up, you know, sounding a little bit dark and dirty like that. We didn't want to be the bad brains because no one could do that like that. You know, we saw them. We're like, that is just that's the most amazing thing we've ever seen. And so we, we, we wanted to be creative we wanted to do something you know different and whether we accomplished that i i don't know <laughs> i can't tell i mean i still listen to the album you know even this past week i probably listened to one or two songs of it just to refresh myself Greg, i i swear to you and I, I wouldn't have chased you down if i didn't feel this way there are a couple songs there in particular that I mean, most of it still really holds up and, and sounds really strong i mean some of it does sound like a product of that era but these songs, they, they still resonate. I mean, the benefit of the doubt, uh, yeah. TBO, TDK, uh, that's still. <laughs> Never heard anybody do that. <laughs> uh, but is, is that what, what you called it or wasn't? Was I, you know what? A, a lot of these things, until the album was released and I heard all of them put together in, in a sort of a, their own context, I didn't get it. I mean, I was there. I wrote every note. I was there for for every you know recording session. And it wasn't until I heard the entire thing put together that I realized we had created this whole package. Uh, I mentioned whistle in the yard. I, that's something that I think I would recommend people start there. I think that really is just a cool sounding song. I, to modern ears, it still sounds super cool. Everywhere I go, you know, when I talk to people, I mean, they see me play out now because I play in a couple other different bands and things on my own um people come to me and they say they love the song they were they remember where they were when they heard it they remember um you know just dancing and happy times which is it makes me feel good every time so fast forwarding in the 80s it's just the three of you playing sans a lead singer then joe, you find joe is our lead singer sam was our manager <laughs> so he's so, but you found Joe, the lead singer, who who's this mesmerizing presence on stage. Yeah. He, we he was like ad in the newspaper, and we we went through a few singers, and Joe showed. I mean, I think the ad was like, we want someone who's creative and acrobatic and can speak French, or I mean, just whatever, just random stuff. And and Joe showed up, and he was the guy. He was like an alien beamed down from somewhere else on stage. And I, I will say, I mean, I still remember this was 1987. I, I saw you guys opening up. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't take your eyes off the dude. Yeah. He, he was just, he just commanded the attention. He definitely made a point of, of being a focal of the group, which was good because the rest of us 
Yeah, not much to look at. Really. Hey, here's a weird question. <laughs> I, I remember this show at Metro, and I want to say I saw you another time, but I don't know if it's a false memory or not. Did you did you come through Chicago beyond the Stranglers tour? I don't think so. Okay, so it's a fake memory. It's a fake memory. It could have been a dream. <laughs> That's clearly what it was. So this album comes out and it's a weird time for the kind of music you're making because it had weird music hadn't really hit its commercial crescendo. That was still a few years away. And I say weird music lovingly because that's the kind of music I like, but music that wasn't Springsteen born in the USA or dire straits, brothers in arms still didn't really have its place in mainstream culture. So here's this kind of misfit sounding band. What were your expectations back then? Uh, well, half of us, you know, coming from just loving old school rock and roll and Led Zeppelin and The Who and stuff like that. And half of us, I mean, I was the, I was kind of the puppy of the band. I was actually the youngest person. So Andy was older than me by a couple of years. And his older brother was always introducing us to cool. That's the first time I ever heard like Gang of Four. The first time I ever heard Bauhaus and Ultra Fox, actually. Um was was through him so and we we took little bits and I mean, we didn't steal anything we just took you know the idea that the inspiration they across sure. and tried to do something with it and make it mold it and and create something but you know at the time the uh you know mtv is first starting and dance music and club music and stuff like that was was very popular so you know if you listen to like all of our drum beats X Factor is an amazing, powerful, just uh, metronomic um, drummer, uh, you know, who's capable of doing anything. And that 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 album, he is just pounding through everything, you know, with the dance. It sounds like a drum machine, and that was that was deliberate. But he did everything live, just like that. So you put the album out. You hit the road with the Stranglers. Um, one of the last historic Hugh Cornwell runs for the band. Tell me about that time. Tell me about touring the States, getting in front of people, having an album to push. Well, we, we were signed to Chrysalis at the time we had been, this, this was our, and that was, we'd already been signed for at least a year before then. And we had actually already recorded our second album. So we were touring on this first album here with whistle in the yard. And we had this, this monster machine behind us. Chrysalis yeah. at the time was huge. You know, they had, Pat Benatar and the cars and Huey Lewis and people who were really hot then. So they were raking in money and they put us out there like rock stars. I mean, we had a tour bus and we were hotel rooms and stuff like that. And the Stranglers, unfortunately, didn't have, you know, the kind of backing. I mean, they're incredibly popular. They've been around for a long time. You know, I might have heard one of their songs before before the tour, and I kind of did a little homework just so that I would, didn't embarrass myself, but they hated us. They just couldn't, I mean, they could not stand us crazy Americans in our big tour bus and, you know, with food delivered and stuff like that. I mean, and they're they're like driving around the country in a van or two vans or something like mm -hmm. that. We've got this monster bus and big hotel rooms and yeah, they couldn't stand us, they couldn't. couldn't couldn't take it's almost like that that scene in, in rocky four where uh is it uh 
Rocky's doing all those like high tech workouts and Ivan Drago's like punching punching stuff in a barn and like really yeah. scrappy and yeah. resent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they come from England and were just, you know, just dirty and they had a horrible time. I mean, they, they played well every night, but they had a, just a terrible at one point in the middle of the tour, I think we we're in Colorado or something and their drummer jet black, none, none more black or something like that. We, made, black. We, we relentlessly made fun of them and they were hurling incense, uns, insults at us and calling us colonists and things like that. I mean, it was, it was a, a whole back and forth thing anyway. So their drummer gets shingles on his ass somewhere in the middle of the tour. And it's so painful. He can't play. They got to bring in somebody else to, to play because he can't sit on his drum stool because that's how painful it was. Yeah. And we were just mean. I mean, just just relentlessly mocking him and stuff like that. But it was it the cockiness of we've got this tour bankrolled. We've got you know the big muscle of, of Chrysalis behind us. Look at us. We're, you know, next stop the universe like well, I, and i think they kind of they kind of egged us on with the whole you know calling us uh colonists and revolutionary i mean they just wouldn't let go of the whole revolutionary war thing for some reason i don't know why so we're in our own you know in our own on our own turf basically and um yeah we were a little cocky so what when did things break bad when did the when did the the label say, you know what, we're just not that into you, or, or is that what they said? Well, it was it was really awkward because the first album, you know, was for them was pretty successful. It was uh, you know was released all over the world, and uh, Whistle in the Yard was played all over the place, and they were you know they were making money, I guess, off of it. And we had gone into the studio recorded our second album, which is actually better than the first. It just never, it didn't get released, but I still listen to it all the time. Um, well, do you guys have the rights to it? Yeah. Why don't yeah. you put it out there? Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's part of the, I got a plan. To, okay, to we'll, we'll get to the present day. Sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, we'll get yeah. to the present day. Um, and then we, it was a after a gig here locally, our lead singer, Joe, we, we always came back to one of our houses to watch a video of the show that we just did, even if it was like four o'clock in the morning. We come back and we watched in this particular one, the, our, our road manager had hung uh, a video camera upside down from one of the rafters just so he didn't have to hold it. And when we got back to, to my house, the whole video was upside down. So we, we turned the TV upside down to watch the whole show. It was one of those big clunking square TVs, you know, at the time that I think I bought on credit from Sears or something. I, I um, Anyway, so we finished watching the thing and he, Joe stands up and he said, I got to tell you guys something. I, I, I'm quitting. And we, we just looked at each other and we were still cocky and weird. And we we're yeah. like, we didn't even ask why. We we're just like, oh, OK. <laughs> Okay, and we almost really never looked back. Just never, never looked back. I mean, it was like a clean, just a clean break. Like, okay, that's just the way it is. It's the way it is. I mean, turns out he was he was losing his hearing, um, and I, there may have been other reasons. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't ask. I didn't want to get into you know any pissing match or anything like that. Or you know, 
we we start, sort of started to think, well, maybe he got an offer from the record company to go out on his own and do a solo, but we hadn't even released our second album. So that didn't just didn't make any sense to us. But it turns out later he did kind of lose his hearing and he got implants now and he's doing much better. So now that you asked, he's doing he's doing he's doing a lot better. So uh, all in from start to finish, from yeah. when Chrysalis put the record out to when Joe said, I'm out. How are we talking two years? Yep. Less than two years, probably. A, a statistical blip in the history of music that came and went so quickly. Yeah. And the music it, industry taketh and the music industry take or giveth and it taketh away. Just like that. I mean, it may have been, you know, some of the factor may have been that, you know, we had a decent deal with them, you know, because we had our own, um, production company we had our own publishing company that we had started when we when we first sure. started going, put out our own record that's when you actually had to collect money and go record and make your own records and do all the artwork and, and get it out there and you know things are different now so things are definitely different now uh this album still it looks cool what led me to your door Greg? andy andy did all the artwork by the way oh, really? our guitar player yeah <laughs> as well as like I mentioned the 930 Club earlier, and they have these, um, you know, monthly flyers that went out that had the entire month's worth of um, bands on them. He did a ton of those. So they're all really cool kind of collectible. I love that. things. Every now and then I'll see one online from Chicago from whether it's Metro or Fireside Bowl. I love that stuff. That, that yeah. kind of time capsule. I've been collecting them digitally for a long time. I so love that I have stuff. Hundreds of them. So what led me to your door is the fact that I wanted to listen to this album and it just, it doesn't exist online. I, you know, Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever. Why is that? Uh, I, I don't know. I guess people like them and don't want to get rid of them. I, no, no, I'm saying we, why isn't it available for streaming? Oh, I, that's a very good question. I mean, the, um, all of, all of that music, it, it, some of it, I don't think we even recorded it digitally. That's part of the problem. You know, any original, you know, master tapes and things like that are just long gone. All we've got. Like, like truly long gone, like not even retrievable long gone. Even, I don't think they're even available. Wow. Yeah. So if but, you, want... you know, that's kind of art, right? If you create something, it's out there in the world and it existed for when it existed. And then it's gone. Hey, could you remaster a CD and, and turn it into a digital release? I mean, because this of was course. available on CD. I mean, of course it, it is possible. It just seems like a shame to not have this music out there. This is part of your musical legacy. Are you, are you volunteering to help us put this? Put this Dude, I'll, I'll help you. Okay. I'll help you. I like your band. All right. My, my wife's a graphic artist. She has been pushing, pushing me for, to do this and re-release it, re-remix, -re remaster, get it out there, get the, the second album out there. Yes. And um, I don't see why not. It's just that I don't, I don't even think like that. I'm not that nostalgic about then. I'm always looking forward, you know, and writing new music. And I, okay, that was then, and now I got to keep moving forward. But there are so many people out there who, who ask me all the time, why don't you do this? Why don't you get this out there? Well, and I know with this podcast that I do, whether people are watching as it's happening live or if they listen after the fact, there's a strong chance they've never heard the band. Yeah. And after seeing or hearing this, they're going to want to, to judge for themselves, how, whether or not they like the band. 
and just it'll take some doing for them to do yeah. it right now. Yeah. I mean, I put I put a few things out there on the vigil here today, Facebook page. There, there actually is a page. And I, I think that's where I started on my quest to find you, by the way. So, I, you know, I did a couple of those goofy iMovie things where you just take photographs and you make a little montage and yeah. you the music to it and you stick it out there. So maybe five or six of the songs are there and a couple of the songs from the, the second album that wasn't released also. That's like your Prince Black album. That's this this buried yeah. treasure. Yeah, if only. If, like, if yeah. only. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, your takeaway, Greg, is that you need to get this stuff online. That, when we finish today, that, that that's uh, put that on your to do list. Because, that would be an, an actionable item, I think. Well, and you can make money from it. Like you didn't make money off me buying this on eBay. No, no. Well, let's put some extra scratch I, in your pockets. I bought, I bought mine. I think I paid 30 bucks for my last copy that I saw on eBay. <laughs> and, and this the one I got. Yeah, is a, t- is a total promo because it looks like it was from a radio station, probably a college station. Yeah, uh, something NCFM. Huh. Some some program director or music director got got a promo and sold it to the local uh, record the, store. The, the original ones, the original plastic had a little sticker on it that said, because we used to be called when we first started the band, we were called Here Today. And that's what we we wrote Whistle in the Yard in the very first 10 tunes under Here Today. Chrysalis asked us to change the name of our band, which I think was the worst mistake ever. It was just, a, I, I was like, I, I couldn't believe that we would even entertain that, but half of us did and half of us didn't. And the, the older half won that battle. I would have just fought it out. And I, I thought here today was a great name. But the, the problem with here today, yeah. if you get a bad review from a critic, you know what the, the whole sentence reads. That's what they tried to say. <laughs> Everybody's gone tomorrow. And I was thinking yeah. that's a rock and roll name right there. That's, you know, that's, like Led Zeppelin, you know, it's not it really wasn't a, meant to be a positive thing. It was because you sank. Yeah, true. Like a, like a Led Zeppelin. Self-deprecating. Uh, anyway, so it had a little sticker that said, this is the Vigil album. It said formally here today on it. That was the very the first batch of them did. To bring the old school fans along. Like anybody knew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So. That's the the state of vigil. There's there's an album we haven't even heard that exists in like I just picture like a reel to reel machine in your basement, like like sitting on, on the reel to reel or something. I, uh, I actually I took a a, a a dat cassette, which I have a, a dat cassette of it, and I I ran some digital copies, and that's good. This right now, I was going to say if you have anything on dat, roll it off asap. All that yeah. stuff. Yeah, before my, it turns to dust. Right. All my radio archives are on DAT, and I, I worry that so much of it is lost right now. I've, I've got a bunch sure. right above my head. Yeah. Uh, all these interviews I did, like in the 1990s, that I just can't even get to. Yeah. Because no one even owns DAT machines anymore. Well, I'm getting a little motivated here. So you are, you're inspiring me to actually get off my, my butt and do something. Good. All right. So tell me what you're doing now. And the fast forward from, you know, we talked about 1987. Fast forward to 2020. Where are you? You're, 2020? you're still in a few bands. A couple of bands I've, I've hooked up with um, a lot of other Washington, D.C. local musicians who were in, you know, relatively big bands. Like I play with a couple of guys from a band called Scream, which is a D.C. punk band who mm-hmm. originally had Dave Grohl as yeah. their drummer. 
And my friends Skeeter and Kent were in that band, and that's who I've been playing with here in another band called uh, Fallout Shelter. And in addition to that, there was uh, uh, a fella from a band called Black Market Baby, who was also a local DC uh, punk rip band. And uh, Mike Dolphy is a guitar player that I've been playing with here. So we've written between the, the four of us, there are probably 20 different songs. Um, and then COVID hit and we kind of, everybody hunkered down. Everyone yeah. went back to their basement and I decided I can't take it anymore. And I called up a couple other friends of mine and I was like, I'm going to record all my songs, you know, first anyway. Right. So I went to Inner Ear Studios, which is where like uh, Scream and the Foo Fighters have recorded and things like that. It's in, it's in Virginia. And I started recording the the 10 songs of mine that are fresh, you know, all within the past couple of years written. So there's nothing old though on the plan for this record here is to redo whistle in the yard in a little cool. bit of a modern way. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, so that, that band is, is at least tentatively, I'd say 99% chance it's going to be called 1000 pictures, 1000 pictures. 1, You'll have to keep me updated so I can I can share the information sure. as this stuff gets out there. Anyway, different from the vigil days, you don't need to even put full albums out anymore. We're in this weird time right. where everything's released a la carte, a single at a time, an EP yes. at a time. You don't need to have that full 10 song vision anymore, exactly. which, which may actually be perfect for, for what you're doing right now. I've already snuck out a couple of little sneak previews of, of some songs that are brand spanking new that we recorded. I did the stupid same little video montage thing. Nice. Yeah. Well, so is, is there a place people can follow you to keep track too? Well, the, I've got a, a 1000 pictures Facebook page. We've got the, the vigil here today, Facebook page. I think there's even a fallout shelter Facebook page, which is mostly just photographs because we never recorded anything. We haven't yet anyway. Right. So that's the, that's the bulk of the, the media that's available. Love it. All right. I'm going to wrap up the uh, social media feed, the, the live broadcast. Thank you, everybody who's been watching and hearing the story of Vigil. I want to thank Santi, who also says go socks. Uh, Clarissa says nice Van Dyke. I believe that's a beard reference. She digs your beard. Oh, that I think, yeah, I think that's, that's called yeah. Van Dyke. I thought it was a goatee. I, yeah, I, it, it, you know, it's a new generation. It's a Van Dyke. Uh, it, it was tomorrow, goatee. It, it could be something else for sure. Uh, Christian says, great commentary, guys. Uh, thank you, Christian. And yeah, lots of people checking in there. So thank you, everybody. We're awesome. going to wrap this up and uh, much appreciated.